We've been hearing about a lot, a lot of violence at CCSD schools and even on their school buses. The recent high-profile beating death of Rancho High School student Jonathan Lewis is just the latest event involving school kids that's captured our attention. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Nevada Current editor April Corbin Gurness about the growing call for CCSD and the police to do more to keep students safe. It's Monday, November 20th. I'm David Figler. Here's what Las Vegas is talking about. April Corbin Gurness, editor at the Nevada Current. Welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's deputy editor, but I'll I'll take the promotion. I'll tell my boss. Uh, well, you know, as long as uh, your boss is doing the pay raise, you've got it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. So, April, a lot of new developments coming in. What what happened at Rancho High School that's led up to eight teenagers, maybe more, uh, being arrested for murder? The, the story goes, or what we know about the incident is that a group of teenagers at Rancho High School, uh, I guess, had some beef or had issues with each other. It seems to be related to like somebody who stole an eye or a, an eye or like headphones or a vape pen or something sort of small like that. And they agreed to fight in an alley near Rancho High School. I guess it's a spot that's known for uh people going there and fighting. And this kid, uh, Jonathan Lewis Jr., uh, went there, I think, I guess, presumably to uh, sort of help defend a friend and sort of knew he was going to get into a fight, but apparently in that alley did not realize that he would be sort of jumped by a group of teenagers. Originally, it was reported as 15. Um, Now, Metro officers have said that they're looking for 10 Kids, I think uh, eight of them, like you mentioned, have been arrested already and charged with murder. Yeah, as of the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then as of right now, there are two suspects who are still out there. Their photos have been released to the public. Um, So I I would imagine it's only a matter of time before somebody identifies them and and we see uh, probably two more arrests. But that's sort of what we know about it right now. Yeah. I I mean, this incident, one of, of many we're hearing about, uh, we're seeing stats that there are over 7,000 violent incidents involving students, and it seems to be trending up from at least the years before since you know kids got back to school. Why are we at this point in time right now? It's just a hard question, but why? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are pointing to the pandemic and that year plus of sort of social isolation of students. Uh, they were out of the classroom, out of, uh, you know, out of social settings for a solid year or longer, depending on what districts people were in. Um, and obviously that's going to have an effect on students at all grade levels. And they've done studies and surveys of uh, schools and educators uh, post-pandemic. And it was like overwhelmingly school officials have said, we are seeing a negative impact in terms of rowdiness and misconduct and students not following rules. There's been a huge spike in chronic absenteeism. So students not even going to school, which begs the question, like, what are they doing outside of that? Um, I've seen a lot of speculation about uh, sort of social media and the, you know, 
sort of fight accounts that have popped up on Instagram yeah. of schools and glamorizing school fights and that kind of, you know, I, I grew up in an era where you saw videos and somebody was always shooting like world star or whatever it was like that website that was really big. It's been around, but I think it's, it, there's sort of some people who think there's been an increase in it on that front. It's obviously multifaceted. Is, is the school district doing a good job of identifying actual like direct causes? It's, it's a complicated question. It's kind of hard to tell um, what that metric is. I think there's a question of whether or not the school's, and school officials can necessarily do something directly. Like, are our schools creating atmospheres that sort of lead to these kind of violence? Or are kids coming to school violent because of sort of outside pressures? At what point are they the, you know, I think who's to blame or, or who's to, who can be the the person who stops this kind of thing is, is a complicated question. I mean, certainly there's been a lot of talk about this sort of move towards restorative justice and not just blindly expelling and uh, sort of suspending students. There's been a lot of that. It's in some ways, it's become a scapegoat where people are sort of saying, this is why, because they know we won't expel them. But if you look at some of the most violent incidences in CCSD, they didn't necessarily come from students who have long records with school PD. Like I'm thinking of the student who brutally beat that teacher at El Dorado last year. That student did not have a record. That was not a problem student who had been flagged and that people were trying to kick out of that school. There's something else going on, you know? And, and I think that we can't sort of forget that context that we're talking about students and student violence, but we're also talking about, you know, um, look at the violence that's been at school board meetings over the last few years. You know, it certainly has gotten to a, a fever pitch in those meetings to a point where people do get expelled, not from school, but from those meetings themselves. And April, you really, I mean, you're triggering all these things in my head. You know, on the one hand, they're still kids with brains forming and all the emotional challenges that they might have or other, you know, mental health challenges that may or may not be identified or treated. Also, kids just being so afraid that they bring weapons to school in a very defensive posture, not to cause problems, but that in itself is a problem, right? And those kids, if they get caught with the weapons, they get in trouble. Everyone's getting in trouble. Everyone's getting in trouble. You mentioned restorative justice, and certainly it, it's gotten the worst rap of any approach to, to curbing what's going on. I, I think it wound up getting scaled back and even defunded in the legislature. Is there a discussion about using something, maybe not restorative justice, whatever that means to you know anybody, but like that's not arrest or suspension to address um, conflicts that are happening between students or brewing between students? Yeah, so the state has been, even before the last few years of restorative justice sort of becoming a buzzword, and even before the legislature sort of did what they did and tried to push it sort of more institutionally across the entire state, um, schools were moving in this direction towards focusing on social emotional learning and like the whole student, right? And sort of identifying students who were at risk of problems like that, like students who are at risk of uh, not coming to school and at risk of violent behavior and those things, sort of addressing them and figuring out early on what the issue is, right? I think that's been a movement and there's nothing wrong with that movement, um, I'll say. And, and, and I think that early 
and the state has done presentations that say early reports say that that's sort of that bullying is down at schools who are embracing those models and suspensions are down at schools that are embracing that model. Why, why are we hearing those stats, April? I, I, I never hear that. I'm only hearing violence going up, more weapons being found, uh, things getting more dire. Uh, you know, these woke restorative justice policies aren't working, but you're saying that in some instances, these alternative approaches are, are showing a downturn? How is that being eclipsed? You know, I think because the the progress is moderate compared to the violence and sort of blood and, you know, actual deaths and body counts of the other thing, right? It's sort of a, it's hard for me even to sit here and be like, well, these early reports from the state say that, you know, bullying is staying flat or marginally going down at certain schools versus, hey, a teacher got almost beaten to death uh, by a student or or this student was found in a lot or there's video. I mean, it's obviously it, it, that's a bigger problem and we don't need to go into sort of media <laughs> literacy and and what bleeds leads, you know, but um, there, there is that sense that the that it's very easy to overlook the smaller gains that are being made because there are such things happening. Both things happen at once and it, it's complicated. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part the net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Instances like the one that at Rancho that just happened, uh, those are not on school grounds. Those are near school grounds in an alley that uh, reporting says that the school police know that that's that's where the kids meet up to do their 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 fights or whatever. I mean, where does the school's responsibility start and stop? Is is this a school violence issue or is this a societal problem? Yeah, I think that's a good question of. Uh... Of, of who's to blame? I mean, I I imagine that will those questions are being asked now, and um, you know, and, and I will say, having talked to principals and st- teachers uh, at at schools, there is sort of an effort at a lot of high schools, especially, to sort of get students off campus pretty quickly after school. Like I remember that as a teenager, sort of they were, when the school started, they're like clear out unless you had a reason to be there, right? Like I think there's this idea that schools are like, we need to get them off campus and go home. And then it's sort of not our problem anymore. You know, um, in the ter- in case of CCSD police, they are sort of first responders and they do go to incidents in the immediate area. And then it obviously goes to sort of Metro's jurisdiction or whatever. So I think they did uh, arrive on, on scene and, and Rancho has said that staff from the school district 
were involved in terms of helping students and obviously trying to save that poor kid's life um, mm-hmm. and, and they sort of did their part uh, to what extent they're sort of culpable in it. I think that might depend on like, did, did anybody at the school know that those kids were going to meet up there? Like, is it, if it's true and it's doc- documented that that alley right next to Rancho is known for that, um, what responsibility do they have? Like, that's different whether or not you want to look at it legally or sort of ethically and morally, right? Oh, no. But legally, you know, eventually, if not this case, some other case where the district will be sued or, you know, and, and that sort of accountability will be sorted out by a judge or even a jury. But I, I think people also are wondering, like, what about the parents and the parent engagement? Like, if kids have to scatter, right? Like, you'd think their parents would have to pick them up, but not all parents have the resources to be there for their kids at the end of the school day. So what's the responsibility and whose responsibility to make sure these kids are getting home as opposed to just loitering or wandering or getting involved in everything from mischief to uh, here alleged murder? I know. And there, and there, that gets back to the sort of bigger societal thing, right? Where, um, at what point do we zoom out and go, hey, maybe more kids wouldn't be having fights in alleys if we had more, you know, after school activities that they could participate in? What if we had more sporting events and more things and, and more arts. community building, more arts? Thank you. I just got to put more. arts in whenever <laughs> sports comes out. Yeah. What if we had more arts and, and things like that? What if we had better opportunities and stuff for them to stay engaged and be active in a, in a different way? What if Vegas was more kid friendly? What if it was more kid friendly? Like, what if more our kid engaging? Yeah. What if? What if? <laughs> Let's our, put it that way. <laughs> what if we had more options other than hanging out with your friends, which we know can lead to you know shenanigans one way or another, or getting a job at McDonald's? Right. Like those are the two options that kids have, or going on the internet, which is a sort of cesspool of bad ideas for a lot of teenagers and really sort of damaging. So I think that's worth asking also. I think so, too. And as a societal thing, when when we hear back from the community, uh, usually adults, they are calling for more prosecutions, more certifications as adults, you know, more strict, strict measures. How is race playing into some of these community reactions? I mean, what are you seeing in the case of the Rancho High School students? Let's be clear in the sense that as of this recording, uh, it hasn't been released what uh, race any of the teen students who were arrested are. But you're seeing that chatter. Yeah, but the just uh, I'm going to preface that with saying, but that's true. But also the, there's video of the incident that's going around and the immediate reaction on the Internet and especially among right wing uh, sort of conservative websites is that it was a mob of black kids who beat a white kid, and they should be deemed a hate crime. And uh, we're seeing a lot of that. We've even already seen um, sort of local reporters who were reporting the facts, which is that we don't know the, you know, uh, race of any of these uh, alleged uh, participants, but they're, they're sort of already getting attacked for not reporting the truth because people sort of see this as uh, racism against a white kid, uh, which obviously we just don't know the facts on that yet. We don't know the motivations. There's been nothing on that. But people have their opinions and they're loud and they push. And this becomes part of this narrative to prosecute them harder, uh, stronger. And even as part of the community wants to make everything about race or wokeness or whatever the hell it is, you know, uh, 
you don't really know why something like this happens. Have we been hearing from CCSD students reacting to this case and the potential consequences that are already unfolding? You know, I'm sh- I'm sure students are talking about it. I'm sure it's a, it's a huge conversation point uh, when, you know, upwards of 10 students were sort of involved. Uh, I haven't spoken to any Rancho High School students. I don't know. I do know that Metro has uh, said that they have no, at this time, they don't believe that there was any sort of uh, racial motivation and that they, they're not sort of looking at this as a hate crime. CCSD, uh understandably, I suppose, uh, has been pretty mum on the topic. They shared a letter that was sent from the principal of Rancho saying this is a tragedy and that they are, uh, you know, participating with local law enforcement and that um, there have resources available for them, but they're sort of trying to take a step back away from that, I think. Um, So we'll have to see uh, whether or not that narrative sort of continues or where it gets addressed sort of in a, in a real sense by authority. But right now it seems to be pretty restricted to um, the internet comments. Why do you think this story at Rancho High School has struck such a chord? And where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, I think that the viral video sort of really made an impact here. Um, it is horrific to think of anybody being swarmed by 10 or so other people and being beaten. And um, I, I don't recommend anybody watch the video. Uh, but if you have watched the video, you know that, you know, this kid uh, was defenseless. The Metro has said that, that they that he sort of was unconscious or not available to protect himself after a certain point and that he was still... Um, kicked and beaten and to to his head and things like that. And it's 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 just brutal violence that happens here. Um, and I, I think that's that makes it register with people um, among just tragedy after tragedy that seems to happen. I mean, right before that happened, there was a teenager who was found near Harney Middle School, also on the east side of town. We don't know the details on that yet. Days before that, then uh, uh, on on Halloween, there was a high schooler who was shot, sort of. Um, and and we don't again, we don't have a lot of details on that either. But uh, it's just one after the other that's that's making it registered, making everybody think about this issue. Are there programs in the schools themselves to deal with it? Like, look, whenever there's a school shooting or something, they bring out the trauma counselors and that sort of thing. But with so much consistent reporting of violence and fear and weapons are they are they bringing trained professionals into the schools at all to try to kind of get a sense of like a vibe check of where these kids are and what their needs are while all the stuff is swirling around them yeah i i think ccsd has resources that people can go to, right? So they have help center, like call centers that you can go and they have resources that will help you connect you to mental health professionals and things like that. They, they've made contracts with companies that can do that thing. But a lot of the time with those sort of programs, the onus is on the person to reach out, right? So there's no coming in and checking in on them because when you have a high school has thousands of students in it, um, you know, I, I think that's a big ask and a hard sort of especially with all of the vacancies we have across the district, it gets harder. And that's why some of this 
eventually goes back to just understaffing of our schools in general, right? Like if a teacher has a classroom of 20 kids, that teacher might be able to see if one or two of them is acting a little weird because the vibes are off and because they're feeling weird about it. And they might be able to spot that. If that same teacher has 40 kids in the classroom, it's going to be a lot harder for them to sort of spot that and be proactive, right? So right now I think CCSD has resources available, um, about people that, you know, can call and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can I find help? But that's a very different thing than being able to recognize it in the flesh, person to person. Yeah, lots, lots and lots to think about uh, and definitely an issue that doesn't go away. April Corbin Gurness, thank you for coming back and joining us on this important topic here on CityCast Las Vegas. Always. Thanks for having me. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, send this episode to a friend and let's keep the conversation going for our students. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky.